are the ones who live here. نحن يلي عايشين هون. سينو كي بيفون ايسي. ما كساني هستيم كي انجا زندگي ميكوني. مونك اغا كسانيو شي دلتا جوانكو. ما صدرا صماس بس كي ماسكي. I am Nour Al-Halabi and we are proud to share with you these stories of life in Lebanon. I wonder where home is, or really, what home is. So I walk to the Manado, where the tangle and chaos of Beirut meets the calm expanse of the sea. Like hundreds of other people right now, I walk on the wide concrete promenade between the blaring and honking four-lane traffic of the Corniche and on the other side, the steel handrail that keeps us from falling into the Mediterranean. And who are these people out on the Manada with me? There are joggers jogging, a bicyclist swerves around young lovers eating ice cream, an old woman walks two dogs, two kids chase each other around palm trees, while two other kids with hungry eyes try to sell single roses to grown-ups who ignore them. I see men stretched out on rocks to tan, and some have brought their shishas. I stop to watch men arguing over a Bakamon game. And there's Abu Muhammad, where he always is, with his toy microphone and a small vintage speaker, always entertaining the crowd while singing Arabic hits. When you see him, you have to stop and watch his one-man show. I walk by cliff-top restaurants and bars and by the rusty carousel of Luna Park. Across the Corniche, luxury towers look out at every sunset, never looking down to see people sleeping on benches. I walk in the sea breeze and I walk through puddles of shattered glass. This beautifully broken part of this broken city always mends me somehow. And this is where I come to think of home and what it means to belong. There's a spot up ahead where you can always find the fishermen of Beirut. 
Ten men stand shoulder to shoulder, casting their lines across the water and dipping their hands into baskets of bait. They stay there for hours, talking about everything. When one needs to run an errand or grab something to eat, another will cast his line for him and catch what he can while he's gone. One man just caught a good fish and he looks at it with pride. <laughs> he is a fatherly figure with a warm boyish smile and I feel drawn to him. His name is Abu Ibrahim. I look at all the men and I ask him if any woman fish here. He says, yes, of course, Maryam. She's always by the sea, and she knows everything about catching fish. He points towards the last palm tree in the distance. As I walk to where he pointed, it suddenly hits me that I come there today to learn how to fish. I'd always been fascinated by fishing. I have always found it meditative to watch a fisherman cast his line far out over the waves to softly strike the surface and then the line goes slack and drifts on the waves of quiet contemplation. Every moment of calm is rich with expectation. At any moment, the line might go taut with sudden life, pulling the grasping hand of the fisherman down towards the heart of the sea. I've always loved to watch it, but now I want to do it. I see a woman standing sure-footed as she casts her line far out over the water. Her shoulder and back are strong, though she's bent over some from years of leaning over the sea. Her brown hair has been lightened by the sun. And when I ask, Are you, Maryam? She turns to me, and I'm surprised by how deep her eyes are. I introduce myself, and I ask her how long she's been fishing. She says, 20 years, as she reels in a little fish. I congratulate her on her catch. She laughs and she says, That's just a bait fish that I put on the hook so a bigger fish would try to eat it. To catch a fish, she says to me, you must deceive it. I ask her how she spends her days. She stretches her leg as she rests on a bench and starts to talk. I watch her face to help me catch up with the rhythms of her thoughts. They're all my friends here. They're all my family. They're all like my children. Which is why they call me mother of all. Many people are jealous of the way I'm being treated here. Why me specifically? Anyway, they call me mother of all, and I am honored. It's routine. 
So I wake up at like 2 in the morning. And I stay up till 2 in the afternoon. Then I have my lunch. Then I fish a little bit more. And then I sleep till 2. Then I get up again. And it's regular daily routine. Here, I sleep by the sea. She points across the road to a small patch of concrete that shares a roof with a restaurant. She sighs and she looks into the endless blue of the sea, trying to find her words. It hurts when I see that strangers are by my side when my family neglected me. I often say God deprived me of my four daughters but granted me with a million others. There's something I want to tell you about me. I don't like to talk about myself, but here, nobody likes to see me upset. No one leaves me alone. No one. I receive my food, my drinks. They all help me, even when I'm not working. When I'm working, though, I don't accept any charity, because I'm working, I'm earning. However, when I'm not, I do admit I need it. It's true that she's never felt alone. As she said, she's the mother of all, and every regular on the Manara knows her. As we sit and talk on the bench, all of them pay their respects as they go by. Hello, Abu Nur. Hello, Habibi. At the telephone, eh? Hello, Yisadu, Yisadu. Hello. Hello. Hello, Haji. When there's a lull in the conversation and a pause in the traffic around us, I ask her what brought her to the sea and how she became the mother of all. I was very mad at the father of my children. I drove my car and parked it near the Mina in Jbeil. And I was walking alongside the castle. It's like, you know, I had depression or something like that. Very devastated. I found an old man fishing. I saw that he caught a fish, a beautiful fish. So I asked him, I'm like, please, please, can I try? He said, yes, of course. I came to take the fishing pole from his hand, but he said, no. But you just said yes. Calm down. He went. He got me a fishing pole and a chair. He said, This weapon between your hands is in your strength. Stay strong. He saw that I was weak back then. Since then, I learned what strength means. As we move from the bench back to the handrail, she describes to me the moment on that day when she caught her first fish. She starts to fish again as she speaks. And as she gets to the moment of her story, when she felt a sudden pull on the line, she says, It flew. So I flew and I ran right behind it. The old man started yelling. He said, Where are you going? It will come to you. Pull the pole back. It will come to you. This is a Japanese proverb. If you love a person, don't give him a fish. 
teach him how to fish. So that's why I taught a lot of people, millions, how to fish. And I don't take any return from them. I spend my days and nights here. Yes, not long ago I started to sell fish. I used to kiss the fish and return them to the sea. A message. And I used to gift them to people too. There are still some people now who are used to me giving them fish for free. But these days, there are no fish. I sit and pass time. I help where I can, although I'm the one who needs help. Look at these. You see these pretty calamari fish on my phone? They cost 500 tau. A man passes by me, tells me, Mariam, I have my eyes on these fish and I honestly don't have except 150 tau. I stared at him and I said, take them. And they really cost 500 tau. Ask whoever you want, calamari. I lean further out over the rail and I say, I know you love being a fisherwoman, but what if you'd never learned to fish? What would you have dreamt of being? Um, a mother and a housewife. To have someone responsible for me. But what a pity. And I wanted to be a nun before all of this. Before I got married. But once I got married, I dreamt of being a mother and a housewife. Not to be tortured. Not to be labored, not to struggle. I used to work three jobs to be able to build a house. I don't blame my husband if he robbed me. My brother also did. And my mother. I don't blame him. But he took all my hard work. He, the father of my children. I can see the tears in her eyes. And I want to ease the pain of those memories. So I turn back to the sea and I ask what it means to her. This is my father and my mother. Listen, my father and my mother, look, I don't really love my father, but I say my father because he is. But the sea? The sea is my brother, my mother, my father, my sister, my whole life. Because I used to take four kinds of pills for my nerves. Xanax, Lexotanil, Ativan, and Valium to sleep. These four pills are destructive. They break a mountain. And if I was a rock, I would have collapsed for what happened to me. I'll tell you how I threw my pills. It started to rain. I was in June. You know, I bought a liter of whiskey. I sat down and drank. I asked the cafe. No, it wasn't a cafe. It was more like a nightclub. I asked them to please give me a glass. He got me one with whiskey also inside it. I sat and I drank. And I drank 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 until I finished the liter of whiskey with a glass and slept. Adam, bishrub, 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 liter of whiskey, my eternal guess. No, no. But I can't sexy back then. <laughs> but I was sexy back then. 
I was different from now. I was still in my thirties or maybe less. I woke up in the morning and the waves were splashing at me. And the sky was raining over me. And I am wearing a short skirt, satin tights, a coat draped over my shoulders, high heels. And I realized, God, I didn't take my pills. How, how did I sleep? Then why am I taking the pills? I threw them. I threw them into the sea. يا الله ما أخذ دواء أنا كيف نما إلا شو الدواء ودش كبيته بالبحر يعني في نام. The sea is another life. They say it betrays, but we betray each other. For it is a soul, a life, another life we don't understand. But let me tell you, when I threw the pills, it was because of whom? Because of the sea. It gave me my strength. It gave me the power. It gave me another life. It gave me a chance to live. I will never leave the sea. There was once a woman who interviewed me. She asked, if they gave you a house, a house of your own, a full property, but under one condition, never go to the sea again, what would you choose? I told her a ceiling, floors, and four walls mean nothing to me without a soul. The sea is my soul. It gave me love, security, reassurance. It gave me another life. The sea. I don't want the house. It's not that I don't want the house, please don't get me wrong, but under these conditions to give up the sea? No. No, I don't want the house. Because this, this is my home. Even if I don't catch fish, just looking at it gives me comfort and security. It's not important to catch fish. Livelihood is not everything. What I want to say is give us our daily bread. It means I can catch two fish, fry them, eat them, and thank God. But it gave me the kindness that I was missing from my life. It was the sea that gave me the strength to be kind with people. Really. It gave me kindness more than what I have inside of me. We both sat back on the bench to breathe the salt air. I glanced over at her and we both smiled. <laughs> I had only been there with her for 20 minutes. She had been so generous to me when everyone on the manada wanted her attention. We shared a brief hug. She told me that she hadn't caught any fish that morning. But fishing isn't really about fish, after all. It's about life. As I walked home through the streets of Beirut, I thought that for Maryam, home is this vast space open to all elements. It's vulnerable to the wind, the sun, and the rain, and it's always subject to the moods of the sea. For her, that's security and a sense of belonging. The only way she could lose her home is if she were put in four walls. Home is wherever we can still find comfort in this world. It's what is left when everything else is stripped away. And it's different for all of us 
It's complicated, it's messy, and it's beautiful. Because it's human and it's true. The English translation of Maryam's words was performed by Fairuz Abu Hassan. In Lebanon, many of us pour much of our energy into getting through each day as best as we can. It is often exhausting, but we still want to find life within the trauma. Life beyond mere existence, life beyond the struggle to always be resilient. We want to find beauty, belonging, and a sense of purpose in this troubled, strange, and still beautiful country of ours. We want to live both in history and in hope. In reality, yes, but also in reverie. Like in the short poem by Rita Mhanna, that she will recite in Arabic and then in English. Ala Beirut fi ainaya la tabaki, lawn muqlatiya min kila min abaki, fama taqad damiatan illa li shafaki, urjuanuhu min abiriki munbasiki, istaba liya funjanu kahwatin fi funduki, jalisuhu malikun fi nasimiki muhalliki. لمحت خوفا شاحبا بل مهرقي ألوانك في عيني بسائر تقي فتركت المدينة لذاك القلق من طيف رمدي كمغيب سارقي ألا بيروت في عيني لا تعبقي فما تخط أناملي على هذا الورق إلا ما أنت من رونق زنبقي ألا مدينة بلغي إطارا محرقي أخافني خلف بابك المغلق أنه يوقظ من سبات طائر الفنق Beirut, Beirut, don't go pale into dusk. My eyes draw their colors from your musk. My tears long again for your last purple light. I see the Phoenician scent of murex shells and your splendent shift tonight. I'm called to sit at an ancient cafe, so the incense of my coffee steam can swirl my hair. And crown me in your breeze. But rebels gather in righteous rage to burn tires at every crossroad and choke the sun. I am afraid, but say, arise a new Beirut from the tar and ash and acrid smoke. Beirut, Beirut, don't go pale into dusk. Let my eyes find the lilies in your musk.
This podcast was produced by Ben Murad and Farah Khatib. We are the ones who live here. is a production of Hand to Mouth Theatre and New Room Studios. Our editorial team is Rola Subah, Roya Mariki, Fatima Razdai, Dunya Fakih, Nasreen Azizi, Cole McCann Phillips, and Leticia Halp. Our sound producer is Wilson Vidin. Our music was made by Rafif Ghali, a.k.a. Tsatsa. This podcast was made by a large community of incredible people, including Jonathan Walters, Andrea Storowitz, Hermila Yifter, Julie Murad, Noor Al-Halabi, May Adra, Rana Baghdadi, Sahar Assaf, Robert Myers, Rami Khouri, and the spirit of Anthony Shadid. We want to hear your stories of life in Lebanon. Reach out to us on Instagram or on Twitter at WeLebanonPod. You can also email us at WeLebanonPod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Should I start? Yes. Okay. Right now? Whatever you're ready.